sapiens, this is Chance Gilliam, welcoming you to the Chance by Chance podcast. Okay, I am recording this introduction in San Francisco. The sun's setting over the Golden Gate Bridge. There's an iconic image for you. And my time in California is winding to a close. It's been great. Uh, I really do love it out here. I love the ocean. I love mountains, and California has both of those, which is unbeatable. There's a lot of people out here, uh, which is a little much at times, but it does make for some great culture. It uh, seems like there's some amazing communities on the West Coast that I've been happy to uh, partake in, to explore for the for the past few weeks. Keeping with the nomadic lifestyle, however, I'm returning to the Midwest for a while, uh, at least for a couple of weeks in November, and re-engaging with work on the home front. Hopefully I'll see a few of you while I'm there. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what's been going on while I'm away. All right, today's episode is with Bergen Flom. We crossed paths a few times this past summer, uh, once at the Orca Tribe launch party and once at Ballad Eleven's Unplugged show. Uh, She moved out to Whittier this fall and has been studying up on English and political science and art at Whittier College. We had this conversation in a in a park on campus. Um, afterward, I got to play football with some jocks. Kind of funny, but it was it was fun. Uh, and Bergen talks about the intersection of her interests in this episode. So again, I mentioned political science, English, and art. Uh, we talk about how those three things align, what she's hoping to accomplish going forward in in her life and uh, how she's looking at starting a career. We talk about living in LA, of course. It's It's a massive city and one that seems difficult to adapt to, but she seems to be thriving and gives a few tips on making that adjustment if you're looking to move out to the West Coast. We also talk about frailty myths in organization that Bergen supports, uh, and that leads us into a conversation about feminism, which I thought was great. Uh, at the end of the episode, she gives a call out to all of you to engage her in conversation, uh, if any of this sparks your interest. So I'll share her profile, a link to her profile in the show notes to this episode. And yeah, let's get a, let's get a conversation started. Open the door. Uh, remember, you can subscribe and should subscribe to the email newsletter at chancebychance.com if you want to stay up to date with podcasts and videos and essays and photos and stories from the road. Uh, I'm gradually moving away from social media and placing the majority of my efforts on the website and that email newsletter. So chancebychance.com. The sign-up box is clearly apparent on the homepage. For now, however, please enjoy my conversation with Bergen Flom. Bergen, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for uh, sitting down and talking with of me. Of course. Um, we're in LA. We're in Whittier. Mm-hmm. Uh, and before we started recording, you told me some things in LA you get used to, some <laughs> things you don't. Yes. What don't you get used to in LA? Oh gosh. Um, maybe just 
the blatant, like the blatant consumerism. Okay. <laughs> and how how much stuff there is everywhere. Um, I don't really. I mean, there's a lot of great wilderness, and then it's paired with just a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's just the the little gas stations and shops and stores go on for miles and miles and miles. <laughs> you're like, whoa, does this end? And it really doesn't. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, you don't really get used to that. But How have you adapted fine. to it in that case? Because what you don't get used to, you have to adapt to somehow. Right. Um, you just buy a lot you know, of stuff now? <laughs> no, actually less now that I'm a student. But, you know, you try to find the beauty in it. <laughs> um, capitalism, <laughs> you know, we could just go there but uh hard to find the beauty in that i guess is that's that's the thing you also don't get used to traffic that's that's another part of it (laughs) okay but you've been in la for almost two months now Mm -hmm. came here at the start of september Mm -hmm. um how are you liking it overall and how did this city fit into your plans for life after high school right okay so i love it here i think it's it's an awesome place to kind of like everyone needs to come here at some point Mm -hmm. to just kind of explore it's it's unlike any other like massive city like new york and la could not be more different from each other Mm. like it's just completely different vibes like all around um but here like just everyone's so sunny and happy Mm. and it's honestly pretty true like that's that's a stereotype like everyone you know happy and sunny LA and it's like honestly like everyone's pretty happy here and everyone really like (coughs) like I was afraid to lose the Minnesota nice but like it's not different like I haven't I haven't found that to be different yet then again I've only been here for like a couple months but um really like it's it's a very interesting city Hmm. that's for sure I have a lot more exploring to do because um, it's just so big. Yeah. <laughs> but what's topping the list right now? Where do you where do you uh, want to go? Like in LA? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I really want to check out the Arts District because I haven't been down there yet. Hmm. Um, I've really wanted to. Oh, what I've really been missing out on is a lot of music that has been coming through here. Um, some really great festivals that I just haven't been able to go to. You know, people won't split an Uber with me. They don't. They don't know the band. Um, you know, just I have you know school going on or yeah. something. It's always like I just see some of my favorite bands like come here and leave, and I'm like just sitting here like, oh my gosh, like I'm stressed out. Um, but you know, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Just because everyone comes here, mm. so you're just like, I feel like. It's so fleeting. Like I, people are like, "Oh, this band's playing this weekend." I'm like, "What? Like I didn't even know." Like, and then they're gone, and you're like, "Oh my gosh." <laughs> next year or next time? No, oh they my come around. gosh. There's this one lineup I saw. I just like almost started crying. So who was that? Um, it was like this Desert Days festival that was out in like Joshua Tree. So oh, that's one wow. thing. It's kind of far, yeah. but um, I just I was about to go by myself, and then I was like, no. It's not going to happen. Um, shouldn't do that. But mm. <laughs> it was just, like, it was just, like, so many people I've wanted to see for so long yeah. in, like, one lineup. And I was like, wow. Have you been to Joshua Tree? Yes, yeah. I have been to Joshua What a place Tree. to see a festival, too. I know. It was, like, oh, a camping man. festival. It would have been really fun, I think. Mm. Um, 
But yeah, Joshua Tree is great. Everyone yeah. should go there at some point. Yeah. For sure. Have you been there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Last year on my way out to LA. Yeah. And then just like for the fun of it, you have to listen to Joshua Tree, like the album. By you too. You just have to, like just for ceremonial reasons <laughs> while you're driving through. Absolutely. Just, just for the, you know, you don't even have to like you too. Just listen to it. <laughs> yeah, they had their uh, 25th, I believe, anniversary of that album this year. And I saw them in Tampa. Oh, they wow. were Yeah, they played that album from start to finish for oh, this like special tour. It's cool. That's cool. It's cool. I, I had that special. They should have played it from... in Joshua Tree. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> they may have. That could have been the uh, the opening venue. That would have been knows. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing it back around. Yeah. Okay. Honestly, not even the biggest U2 fan, but like I would have gone just just cause. For Joshua just Tree. Cause. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. One of a kind. Yes. <laughs> I want to talk about school. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're looking at political science. You're looking at English. Mm-hmm. minor in art mm-hmm. um tell me where this these interests fit together and how you might use the uh the skills you're gaining going forward post-college mm-hmm. um so basically right now i'm trying to see how they might be able to fit together okay. so it's a lot of that's kind of where my mindset is i'm obviously i'm going to classes so i'm like getting learned in these areas and you know figuring out if like what i can do with it in the future and then seeing how potentially all of these can or I can take skills from one thing I'm learning and put it into another area um but I'm like I can find interesting things like anywhere and Mm. that's a blessing and a curse more Mm. of a blessing like I think that's I think it's a good thing to like a lot of stuff but then it presents problems when you're trying to like you know when people are like well I'm going to school to be this one thing and it's like, that's not why I'm going to school, you know? Because I'm like, that's, I can't see that happening. I'm not set on just one thing. So, yeah, it's sometimes stressful being like the one that's like, I'm undecided. Yes, I'm going to be undecided for a while. Oh, wow. There's a lot of churches here. I love it. I <laughs> There's love like it. a lot of churches everywhere. Oh, that's oh it's okay. done. Maybe it was telling us that it's like a certain time. Three thirty. So that was a three thirty bell. All right. Apparently, have never heard that before. Though. <laughs> well, you haven't always been uh, sitting in the park at three thirty. No, I've not ever actually <laughs> <laughs> been up on campus trying to get shit done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, honestly, school has been like really easy. There. Are, not really easy, but because I'm taking classes and stuff that's, like, interesting to me, it's, like, I'm not finding a lot of motivational issues at all. Hmm. So that's awesome, because high school is very different. How so? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it was just, like, not... It was very hard to find motivation to, like, do any kind of homework just or work. everything or... was under-stimulating? Yeah. Um, I mean, there were certain classes that I took that I was like, wow, this is great, this is awesome. Um, but then I still wouldn't really do the work for it. Because um, I was like, eh, like... Because there honestly wasn't much of a, like, a reason to. It was like, mm. there, the goal at the end was that you would graduate. Yeah. Like, you just need to graduate. And it's uh-huh. like... And, like, I learned a lot along the way. Like, not doing homework didn't really stop me from learning. I still did homework. Just, it was so hard to get myself to, like, like be like this is something I need to do with my time because it didn't really make sense Mm. (laughs) that that was something I needed to do with my time so yeah this is different now though that I'm like okay like this is stuff like I'm taking classes in areas that are gonna 
you know, help me out in whatever I'm going to end up doing. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> so uh, when you were not doing homework, at least some of the time, you would have been forging this arts community that you had in, mm-hmm. in Minneapolis. Yeah. Um, that was actually our point of connection was a couple of galleries this past summer. Yes. Um, Orca Tribe and then Ballad 11. How did your uh, artistic crew meet in high school and like how did your work in the community start around that how did we meet um the the group that ended up like really kind of being involved in this gallery deal um came together like beginning of senior year really like that's when everyone kind of converged and we'd had ideas kind of junior year of doing some kind of gallery thing but then like a solid group of people that really wanted to, like, make it happen ended up coming together senior year. Yeah. And, um, we just, I don't know, it was a very unique group of people. Everyone was very themselves within the group, um, which I thought was super awesome. And that's kind of what made it, like, I don't know, everyone had this, like, certain kind of motivation to, like, do this, whereas, like, other people didn't that's just the reality of it well it's something you could do on your own and like take charge of yeah Yeah. like it was like it's hard to find like there's so much free time senior year I feel like once you figure out what you're gonna do post high school once you kind of like get everything together it's like well what do we do now other than take like really easy classes so we can just like (laughs) hang out yeah um or like interesting classes but also Hanging out. Also hanging out, yeah. Because we deserve it. It was well-deserved hangout time. Um, (laughs) But that's kind of what happened out of this, like, we have so much time on our hands. Like, what do we want to do? But taking on doing galleries is not, um, like, it's not an easy thing. Hmm. Um, Like, putting together a gallery is not an easy thing by any means. Hmm. Ended up up taking way more time than you think it's going to take, which ended up being great, but... Because I had that time, but if I didn't, I would have been super stressed out. I mean, I still was stressed out, but, like, it was good stress, I think. <laughs> I grew from it. <laughs> okay, so you, uh, if these were not as easy as you had expected, mm-hmm. what um, unforeseen difficulties arose? And for, mm-hmm. uh, for other young artists maybe looking to put together a gallery or do some sort of live event like that, like... Um, what problems did you encounter that you might encourage them to circumvent? Mm-hmm. Um, Anything in particular? Yeah, you really have to make sure that the people you're working with have the same kind of goal in mind. Okay. There, there needs to be a conversation about, like, why are we doing this? What's our, like, values? Um, like, one of our values that, like, was sometimes debated, which is totally understandable, is, like, we wanted it to be, like, free. We wanted the gallery to be free mm-hmm. and, like, the art to be free. Um, but then it's, like, there's still, like, we have to, like, pay off the space. So it's, like, we're going to have to, like, make money somehow. So yeah. that was, like, kind of a, you know, caused some issues. But I was working with wonderful people, so we were able to resolve it and work through it. And it was, you, you got to make sure you're working with people you really want to work with. Um, also, you have to expect a lot of people not to, like... You know, if you're asking if you're going to get someone's art to put in the gallery, you just have to expect a lot of people to let you down mm-hmm. <laughs> and to, like, like things come up in people's lives and, like, you know, maybe putting their art in the gallery isn't, like, the most important thing, and that's totally understandable. But there's, like, you just have to expect a lot of things to go wrong. You mm-hmm. have to, like, have some really... <laughs> you got to have damage control. Like, you have to... You have to be, like, really 
flexible mm. with people and while being very organized which is kind of hard because you have to like like you're going to want to get people's art like way in advance for when like you actually need it mm. because you know there's going to be like oh I can't get in that day oh, okay like oh I can't get in today or like you know and then all of a sudden it's the day before the show and people are bringing their art in and or it's the day of the show and like that creates kind of some unnecessary stress um but that's honestly kind of how it goes every time is what I've noticed like mm. the second time we did a gallery we were more organized we gave roles to people like you're going to reach out to the artists you're going to work on the merch like you're going to work on this and then like we were more organized and it did like go better I think but there was still that day of freak out you know yeah, yeah, <laughs> that I mean yeah. maybe that was just me like or like you know things are going to fall on certain people and you're like oh my gosh like what you know you just have to really be able to work as a group and like just figure it out yeah be ready for whatever comes your way yeah yeah you can't I mean you can't control what's gonna happen like who's gonna show who's not but you can have your own systems in place you can control 100% like I learned so much from that first gallery and then we applied things to the second gallery that did hmm. make it easier although there was still much more that we could learn yeah um like we put into practice some things um like giving roles to people within like our smaller group um but then we still, you know, like, there's still stuff that's going to go wrong no matter what. That's just how it is with, like, events like that. Um, but it's completely worth it on, like, a million levels. Like, I had to write a paper, uh, like, my first week here. It was, like, a descriptive paper. My English professor was like, okay, we're going to have you recreate, like, one of the happiest moments of your life in a descriptive paper. But it has to be one moment. You can't talk about before or after the moment. It has to be one moment. You have to, like basically put yourself in a room and like talk about all of your senses every little thing that's going on and basically make the moment live on through like writing which mm. I was like wow this is super interesting like mm. I'm so excited to do this and I picked um like just a moment from my first gallery I ever did which was nameless and like just like standing in the middle of the room and I like remember that moment and then I basically recreated it through a paper and so it's totally worth it doing this gallery stuff because it's obviously one of the greatest moments ever it was like wow I did this I'm a lazy teenager and I did this like yeah. it's great yeah. and it's great knowing that like like all of your friends did it together and like all that kind of stuff so yeah it's pretty awesome cool <laughs> steering into yeah. uh steering the conversation toward another event that you were not running but participating in um once again, the name is escaping me, so you're going to have to help Frailty out. Frailty Myths? Frailty, Frailty Myths. Myths. Yeah, yes. and you, you told me uh, you could talk about this endlessly, so I'm yeah, just going to oh let you gosh. take charge <laughs> in this situation. Okay. I'll do what I can. It, um, was, it was last so week, first of all. Last night, actually. Last night? Yeah. Oh, happened, my gosh. It happened last night. So I'm part of the Women's Leadership Association um, at Whittier, and we, like, I, just, I guess I just showed up to the event, but, like, the leader, like, you know, basically put on this event I helped promote it and like hand out flyers and all that kind of stuff um but so it was so you were directly involved I'm yeah spoke. yeah yeah awesome um but like I didn't have to do that much it's I just basically showed up but I did I did <laughs> do some like preparation trying to get some people to go promote it um but basically it was these these two women that um graduated from Whittier and ended up making a non-profit kind of like later in their like 20s early 30s they decided to do this after doing some other jobs mm -hmm. but um they decided that um 
you know, like, they face a lot of sexism, like, in the workplace, just, like, in their lives. They've seen it, like, all over, like, they're women of color. There's another layer of, like, this whole intersectional sexism that happens. And just, like, um, they decided to create this nonprofit to host workshops to um, basically just empower women and women-identifying folk. So it was... It was a great event. Um, there was, we didn't actually do a workshop where we like, the workshops basically are like you change a tire and you do some power tools and all this kind of like male dominated tasks um, that even though like some women obviously already know how to like do this, it's just kind of a safe space to do it and fail and not, you know, have a male take a power tool out of your hand and say, no, this is how you do it. Mm. Or, you know, this, it's just, it's, it's a place to like feel fine to struggle with this kind of, um, sexism that mm. is so very prevalent. Um, as I've learned even more going to college, which I honestly didn't expect. I don't know if that's naive, but did not expect that at all. Um, so this issue is actually becoming way more, um, like important to me I guess um but it was just it was a great event a lot of great conversation of people just being able to open up and talk about what they face day to day um and basically how women can help to empower each other and smash the patriarchy yeah <laughs> yeah so um yeah it's just there there are just a lot of ways in which it like in that a lot of people don't even notice there are just so many ways that women and women identifying folk are so like held back for sure like it's not like this isn't real at all which a lot of people are like oh like we ditched sexism a while ago it's like that's not true it's ingrained in our culture mm. um it comes out consciously and subconsciously mm. in a lot of ways um like for example women are basically taught to like like tear each other down and turn against each other to keep each other down because you're seen as like an object so it's a competition of who's the best object mm. you know and it's kind of like like the patriarchy sees women as objects therefore like who can be the best one you know and so it, it they the patriarchy teaches women to turn against each other and it just keeps holding everyone down can you give me an example of where that's perpetuated maybe the mm. uh, the most egregious of examples for you personally for like where women are tearing women down yeah tearing each other down mm. um and where uh where you see it that causes you the most concern social media mm. honestly that's where it like manifests in a lot of ways because that's where a lot of people um you know, it's, I don't know, I feel like it's definitely social media where a lot of this, these problems, like, manifest. Mm. Um, just because it's, like, a reflection of, like, what's going on in our lives and people can like and they can comment and they can give their voice on what everyone else is doing. Mm. And so it kind of causes women to tear each other down, I think, in ways that are unhealthy. Um, also, I mean, it just happens, like, in so many different ways, I think. But it's important to like to realize that it's just the patriarchy basically trying to mm. like keep women from like really succeeding so um i think that was a really good uh, a cool realization yeah that i kind of really 
like I knew about it, but I really got to comprehend it like last night. So yeah, yeah. Um, so th- if if the moment of comprehension is last night, perhaps this is too early to um, voice your position. But has mm-hmm. understanding of that concept changed your relationships to social media in any way? Um, mm, I mean, I just, I don't think it's, like, great to put too much pressure on yourself in terms of social media. Like, I just don't think that's really healthy. Yeah. Um, but, like, it hasn't really changed anything. I mean, I'm not, like, I'm not the one that's going on social media and being like, oh, like you know like commenting on like other women's bodies and like stuff like that Um, yeah (laughs) obviously I'm not gonna be doing that um but yeah I mean people just gotta be nice out here (laughs) not not too nice but it's gotta be civil (laughs) um and respectful and conscious of what you're putting out there it's a reflection of you 100% you have to own your words so Hmm. that's like bottom line of that basically um but yeah, it's this whole like sexism issues. That must be a three forty-five. Does it go every fifteen minutes? It should. <laughs> that is quite interesting. What's here? So that's three. Yeah. Oh, it seems like it should go back up. Oh, that's kind of unsettling. It will, it will on it the seems hour. Seems like it should go back up. It will on the hour. That's funny. So we've got <laughs> that to look forward to. That's. Um. But something that I've noticed like coming to school a lot is like these these men that kind of preach their um their feminism or even if they don't identify as feminists Uh even though in theory they might actually be feminists because it's the bottom line of feminism is you know women equal to men everyone equal to each other like not having anything hold you back in that sense um but a lot of people still are afraid to identify as feminists just because it's such it's such a loaded word and there's a lot of people that have like ruined it in actions but it's not ruined because like one person like you know did some man hating whatever thing you know like it's it's i think it's like sad that people are um kind of so afraid to like i think it's almost the patriarchy actually being like like looking down on feminism and making it kind of this really controversial thing mm. um, but it's like I was saying these these men that are like wanting that um, what I've seen more and more as I've got older is like when they're actually given the opportunity to be a feminist like it doesn't translate and I've seen that many ways um, and so that's something that I would love to like have change like I would love men to actually like take part in this because it does affect them whether they you know really see it or not like toxic masculinity affects men too like it's this is an everyone issue um so once that's kind of seen and brought out more i think that's going to be beneficial and to clarify your point on the matter um it sounded like you were saying men will identify with um feminism Mm -hmm. and like subscribe to the cause Mm -hmm. but when the moment comes down to when when it comes down to actually like applying their principles people retreat from the cause Mm -hmm. is that what you're saying oh yeah um 100 so following up on that um do you have any asks of 
the male audience, myself included, of mm-hmm. like standing up for those principles when they're put to the test? Right. Yes. Um, like the main thing, I think, like, um, is just don't like try your hardest not to be so uncomfortable with mm. like, like, like a raging feminist. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. <laughs> This is a good thing. Yeah. Like that's a, that's an awesome thing. A strong woman is an awesome thing, and don't be so personally affected by like her strength, you know. Um, and just when you're given an opportunity to walk the walk, do it. You know, like you're like you're a coward if you can't in the mm. moment. You know, like if like if you're like I'm a feminism like I'm a feminist I you know, like, rape is wrong, sexual assault is wrong, like, I know this, like, these are all things, but when you're given the opportunity to, like, stand up for a woman who's been sexually assaulted or raped, and you don't do it, like, that says so much more about you, you know what I mean, and you, like, what I've noticed is a lot of men just feel so uncomfortable in that situation, like, oh, what do I do, I don't know what to do, like, you know, like, feel free to reach out to me, I can shed some light on how you can deal with those situations but um like you know those like it's not supposed to be easy (laughs) it's it's you having to like really kind of um like do some self (laughs) evaluation of your actions and be like oh am I am I really doing what I like believe because it's not translating (laughs) and a lot of women see that it's not translating um and it's, it's the people that you, like, even these really, like, liberal people who seem super progressive, it's those people sometimes that surprise you. Mm. And you're like, whoa, like, I thought you, you know, you really thought all this stuff was wrong, but when you're put up to the test, you can't follow through. And it's just, it's just perpetuating sexism like crazy. Just is the men not being able to really, like, stand up for women or stand up for what they think is right in, like, a situation like that. Hmm. So, it's very prevalent. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's... And it's so hard to diagnose those sorts of societal problems that come down to Mm -hmm. um, a reliance upon the individual. Yes. I mean, because, (laughs) like... It's hard to unpack all of Yeah, with things relating to laws, I mean, you can can change the law or put a new law into place Mm -hmm. or remove a law, but when it comes down to um, individual fortitude or or just the the society kind of things that you've been taught from a young age yeah these you know like by a time by the time a woman woman is five she realizes that you know she's she has less advantages than men like it's it happens that young like there's studies on that and it's like you know there it doesn't just happen it's not like a natural thing it's like oh oh, I'm oppressed, like, whoa, you know, it's, like, there are society, like, things in society that perpetuate it. Yeah. And, like, you have to, like, it's hard because you really have to, like, dig deeper and look into, like, specific situations of, like, what happened here. But sometimes it's so difficult when it's so buried in our history to kind of, like, be able to, like, make sense of any of it Mm. and how how it shows up today, Mm. you know? Um, cause it, it's not like, it's like, it's like racism. Racism never went away. Like it, you know, like it's, it might look different in some ways, but it's still raging just as sexism is. It's just 
like society kind of puts it in different ways, different forms mm. to like perpetuate it. So there's a lot there. There's a lot to learn. Um, I'm still learning 100%. I'm never like, oh, I know everything because I really don't. <laughs> and I'm, you know, that's why I'm here to learn about like, like what can I learn about these situations? How can I like really make change with it? Yeah. So um, it's a, it's a journey. <laughs> it's sometimes very frustrating, but it's something like pretty crazy to take on. But yeah. Yeah, well, I appreciate you uh, taking it on today. It's yeah, been a good conversation exactly. thus far. Yeah. Um, one thing I do want to get to before we wrap, unless you get mm-hmm. on to your, your meetings throughout the, the rest oh gosh, of the day. I have so much to do. <laughs> I have so much to yeah, do. Yeah, so thank you for taking the time. Um, <laughs> yeah, no problem. But I do want to uh, address something you told me before we started recording, because mm-hmm. I think it connects to this last point you made of, um, mm-hmm. of uh, staying vigilant and facing problems, even when we would be more comfortable assuming they're over and that we don't need to pay attention to them anymore mm-hmm. um these issues of uh or sexism like, oh, and someone racism else is taking care of it absolutely. i don't need to do anything absolutely you told me that you um <laughs> you care about truth mm-hmm. and potentially see a future in journalism or um mm-hmm. broadcasting somewhere you can be on the ground uh uncovering issues and reporting on them mm-hmm. um any idea of how you would like to tackle that or why that that field of work appeals to you in the way that it does? Um, I just think there's... People are just so very quick to believe one source of information they get. Like, just right away, they're like, oh, I saw this. Like, this is true. And, like, it happens to everyone. Like, this is, this is an everyone issue. Um, some more than others, but it's an everyone thing. And I think just kind of it would be great to kind of create this like mentality of like you see something and you process it and you like think about it and you know if you're like I don't know about this you dig deeper or you like really try to like find what's true because it could not be true whatever you're just seeing right away Mm -hmm. and often isn't like it's you have to get all sides and all perspectives and I think that's something that just in news and politics like that's a huge problem right now with people really not being able to see the other side or care to like like try to understand or just try you don't even have to like agree definitely don't have to agree um but just know and inform yourself of what else is going on what else is out there because that's like so important i think Mm -hmm. just being able to like be like you know these are my beliefs like i thought deeply about this this is what i believe Um, but like challenge them like don't just be like you know this is it you know like definitely challenge your beliefs by looking at what other people think like because you might realize oh what like that's you know this isn't actually what I believe or maybe you just it's affirming what you believe but like that's also important like you don't just want to think like believe something because you you know your parents taught it to you or something like that Um, you want it to be you have to take ownership for those kinds of beliefs that like affect you and other people it's like this is this has to be something that you've thought about you've done your research um like connecting it back to journalism like really digging deeper when you like get a piece of information um not just believing what you see right away and really um that's not it's almost like treat news like you would like a person almost like there's layers to it there's 
you know, you can't just believe what you see right away. Mm. Like, you have to be able to dig deeper and be like, oh, there's layers, there's all mm. this stuff going on. It's, it's complicated, yeah. it's emotional, yeah. there's a lot of, like, hot topics. Um, but, like, have enough respect to kind of give it some time. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, the like inside and stuff that reference to uh or the analogy to considering a, nor- a news organization like a person <laughs> that seems especially timely to me you have to uh corroborate your sources and like look for similar evidence across a number of of stories like mm-hmm. if one of your friends shared a, a, p- a piece of gossip with you you might want to believe it at, at face value mm-hmm. but yeah you often you need dig to uh, dig deeper yeah, even yeah. if even if that person gets a little bit offended yeah. that you're doing that, I think that's okay. Yeah, I mean that's expected, you know. Like maybe as they should feel almost like a little bit like, well, why are you doing this? But it's like you have to like, you know, you want to make sure that you're getting the truth and mm. that like, I mean, even I don't know if truth is important to. <laughs> I mean, I would think it's important to a lot of people, and that doesn't require just what you see right away there's so much more underneath literally everything you see around you Mm. so it's like it's like almost like you practice it like it's not something you're just able to be like oh like oh great okay like I look deeper it's like no it's like so many ways you have to be like okay like that's a tree but like what's going on inside the tree (laughs) there's a lot going on inside of the tree yeah (laughs) yeah that was just an example. It's a great example. <laughs> what is, what um, are you, tree? What are you doing? I mean, there? like, applying it to more, you know, emotional beings, maybe other than trees. But nature's great, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, that sounds uh, as good a point as any to end on. Do you want to share um, your own uh, profiles or information where, where people can potentially follow up or stay tuned with you? Yeah, um, I would love if anyone wants to challenge me yeah i would love that i would love people to reach out to me and be like hey you said this like not be like let's talk about it um (laughs) but yes you can um i guess the easiest way to reach me would probably be like through instagram it's at (laughs) burgalicious um so that'd be like b-e-r-g underscore i-l-i wait L I oh my god I L I C I O U S. Okay. It's like Fergalicious. Yeah, I'll share a link in the show notes too. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't sweat it. <laughs> um, but that would probably be the easiest way to reach me. So cool. Yeah. Yeah, let's get a let's get a dialogue started. Yes. And please. Bergen, thank you for the conversation today. For uh, yes, of course. For Thanks the, for driving from Santa Barbara. Yeah, it was a it was a wonderful <laughs> ride down the coast. Uh, the looking... smog and the hot tar. Yeah, and... <laughs> yeah, that's L A. Yeah. LA. Exactly. Looking forward to more of it. Mm-hmm. Thank course. you. Yes, of course. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please visit chancebychance.com and sign up for the email newsletter on the homepage to stay up to date with podcasts, videos, essays, photos, and stories from the road. Until next time, thank you for listening.